What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of ESPN's Ball and the Real World podcast. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. We've got a special guest coming up, Jalen Adams from the Sydney Kings. Uh, before we get to that, though, the NBL, uh, just about a week away from the postseason. And we think, or we certainly thought, that the top four was locked in. But now uh, our friends over in WA are starting to get a little bit shaky. There's still a chance for Tasmania, which would be a ridiculous story. But uh, as we enter the last weekend of the regular season, there's still some matchups to keep an eye on, of course. Uh, and in the NBA, the postseason has already gotten started there. A number of Aussies uh, in action there. So you can keep up with all the news, the info, the stats, the stories, whatever you want at ESPN.com.au. And of course, I always mention, make sure you check out The Jump, 7 p.m., on ESPN with Andrew Gaze, Leonard Copeland, Nat Edwards, myself, uh, every Friday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Joining me now, one of the stars of the NBL with the Sydney Kings and uh, maybe heading towards an MVP trophy as well. Jalen Adams, it's a pleasure to have you, man. And we are a couple of days after the streak ended and you haven't been doing a lot of losing lately at the Sydney Kings. So I'm, I'm curious... Uh, how the group has responded to that and how the, the last couple of days has been since uh since that game against Adelaide. Yeah, um it was it's it was tough, you know, without real uh coming off a real yeah. high energy game on that Thursday um at Illawarra. So uh, I don't, we didn't come out with the right energy, but um, you know, everybody says that it's a game that we probably needed to lose. I don't necessarily agree with it, but at the same time I think it will lock us back in almost a little more kind of what we need going into the playoffs. I said you haven't been doing a lot of losing, but um, I'm curious if if Ian Clark uh, knows what is happening right now because I don't think he's been around at all since it, when you guys have <laughs> have had a loss. So he's had a pretty good start to his uh, Sydney career. Yeah, he hasn't said anything about it. Um, <laughs> being undefeated, but yeah, know, nah, it was kind of crazy just adding Ian in the middle of the season and kind of the way it fit uh, almost immediately. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to be able to ask somebody like that late in the season. Uh, you guys, and a big part of this, I mean, you had a, a number of injuries. You were missing some games, but there was a bunch of guys that were out towards the start of the season. And you probably didn't expect, or maybe a lot, I didn't expect that you would win 13 straight, but possibly home court advantage for the first series in the playoffs looked like it would be a long shot. And you're right in the mix there. And you would have loved to win that game on the weekend. But what do you what do you think home court uh, means for this team? Because a lot of these wins that you've been on this streak have come on the road. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's it's important just because we can, we've already seen what uh, the home fans could do and just that energy. Um, and we could, if we get behind that, especially in the first game, then you know it would definitely help us out. But at the same time, I think we just got to focus on being us and defending and kind of locking on on the game plan whoever we're playing and wherever we're playing. And I think that's kind of what we've been doing over this win streak is just taking it one game at a time and, and not looking over anybody and taking every game like a playoff game. So I, I think it's definitely important because, you know, that home game and that home crowd will be loved. But at the same time, I, I think we just got to prepare the same way we have been and we'll be all right. I'll come back to the NBL, but I want to go back to college and, and there's a reason for that. So you went to St. Bonaventure and you were a star there for four years. Uh, and there hasn't been a huge list of NBA players that that went to that school. There's, I think Bob Lanier is probably the, the biggest star that went there. But there is a few journos that went there, Jalen. And earlier in this season, you had the dunk. And I just say the dunk and everyone knows what I'm talking about. The, the dunk against Brisbane. 
And I wake up the next day and someone texts me and they're like, Woj is tweeting about Jalen. And, and my first thought was, well, thanks for coming to Australia, Jalen. He's, he's obviously going back to the NBA. Instead, <laughs> instead he's tweeting highlights. And so uh, Woj is one of your, your biggest fans from, from college. He obviously went there as well. Yes, yeah, some with those Bonnie ties, man. It's a, <laughs> a special place, man. Everybody who went there just kind of got love for one another. So, you know, he's definitely a, um, always been in support. And uh, I appreciate what was for sure. Man. We got that body connection. So I appreciate <laughs> when he shows love for sure. Uh, so that dunk though, and I spoke to Chase a few weeks ago and and I know this is something they've done back in Milwaukee. They talk about uh, break bread. And he said that the guys were getting stuck into you for not asking whether you had that bounce anymore. Can you dunk the ball anymore? <laughs> Paul Smith has texted me and saying that you haven't dunked once in practice. So I guess the question I'm asking you is, why aren't you doing this more? Because I want to I want to see more of it. I mean, it's just that was just necessary energy <laughs> of the moment. You know, that was one of the things that just had to be done. Like to me, two points is two points. And unless, you know what I'm saying, I really gotta dunk it or my legs are feeling that good, you know, I play a lot of minutes and do a lot on the floor. So I'm gonna just go ahead and take my under the rim finishes and, and run with that. Well, you, that was at the, the very end of the game. So the so the question. I'm wondering, and I think we had uh, we had Jarrell Martin. We interviewed Jarrell straight after the game, and I asked him when he realized in his head that you were about to take off, and he just started laughing. But I'm wondering, when you get the catch and you see that there's a bit of a lane there, at what point are you like, okay, this is I'm going to try and throw this down? Because you've got a great floater game, and you, you could have gone to the floater, but at what point were you like, no, this is, this is time? Uh, I can't. It was so long ago now, but probably... <laughs> <laughs> it was probably just midway, midway through running up there. Like that was just a super clean line to the rim. So you know what I'm saying? I had to see if I still had some legs. And yeah, I guess I said I still got plenty, I guess. Uh let's go to the J League experience. So uh it's interesting because you are one of the players, and there's a number of guys in the league now that have done this that have had the the NBL side of things and the J League side of things, which has become a bit of a pathway uh, to the NBA. Uh, you were with the Atlanta organization for a while, but in Wisconsin, you were playing uh, under Chase. And this team, if people weren't aware, I mean, this team was was awesome. I mean, this was a ridiculous G League team. You guys were, had the best record in the league. Uh, you were runner-up MVP and your teammate, which I don't, I can't really, <laughs> I can't think of this happening in any league, but Frank Mason won uh, the MVP. Uh, what's your the first thing you think of when you think of that team? Because as I said, I was able to see you guys play uh, pretty regularly, and it was it was a show. Yeah, that's that's probably one of my favorite teams right there. Just off the court, on the court, you know, everybody was just cool. We all could, we all was cool off off the court, on the court, uh, hang out together, and then we were just good. We were so talented. Um, you know, it never. I don't know, man. It's a that's that's just a great team. I don't know. Shout out to the front office for putting that together. I guess, but <laughs> I don't know how it came together the way it did. But it turned out to be a special year. I wish we could have finished it honestly, because I think it would have finished up even more special. So that's the interesting part about this. So you never get to have the postseason. COVID cuts it short. The G League never returns. Uh, and I'm curious whether that period in your life is is still a a sort of positive one. On one hand, you don't get to go and try and win the G League championship. But on the other hand, you get signed uh, with the Blazers and you go to the bubble, which I have to imagine was kind of a crazy, weird, surreal 
experience being in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, just that whole time was kind of weird. Like you said, definitely a little fuzzy. Just we didn't. Rem- I just remember getting that call, kind of seeing it on ESPN that the uh, NBA might postpone <laughs> the season, and we just kind of all was just waiting for a week, just chilling at Oshkosh, and then everybody got that text, just season over. And it wasn't like no postpone for the G League. It was just like it's over. So I was at home for a minute. You know, I'm just working out, chilling at home, and I get that call from the Blazers and end up in the bubble. And it was definitely a crazy experience just being around those guys, those bets, a couple Hall of Famers. Um, and then just being in that bubble during that during that time was crazy too. So crazy experience in my life, man. And I guess you never know what kind of would have happened without COVID, but I still got some good opportunities, you know what I'm saying, because of it. So it's yeah. definitely still fuzzy, though. Well, the bubble is, like, so weird because I think, you know, speaking to a lot of people that were in there, they say, okay, it wasn't actually that fun. But for me, who just wanted – I mean, it just seems like such a crazy <laughs> world that I'm like, I wish I was in there just so I could see, like, what it was like because we've spoken to all the guys who uh, they're in the – pool and next thing the only other players in the place they're hanging around the pool and it's the team they're playing mm-hmm. in the playoffs tomorrow or whatever <laughs> it is so what what is there is there anything crazy that that you remember or some interaction or something cool or maybe something that was just a, a, a bad experience in the bubble uh nah, i mean like you said it would have been cool to be there for to see what it was like but just being there for that that was like what a little over a month probably a month and a half and I wasn't that special. I, I'm not about to gas it up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it was tough. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. But the 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 Bucks to go back to the Bucks. So this is interesting because I remember when uh, when that team came together and and I think it was around the time where NBA organizations were trying to figure out the best way to incorporate the G League team. And and, and I remember with Mike Budenholzer in the Bucks, And one of the first things he said is that we want the herd to be a part of our team. We want them to play a similar style. We want your know, chase and the coaching staff to be incorporated with what we're doing. So what was your experience just in, in general, like uh, with the Bucks organization? Because both, both teams were having a lot of success at the time. Yeah, for sure. And it, I mean, it was true. We were kind of running the same thing, just being with Milwaukee in the preseason. Um, and then going down to the G League later in that first year, like it was the we were running the same thing, same sets, you know, defending the same way, same concepts. Uh, so it was definitely true, just playing wise that they kind of wanted it to flow the same and just all be one organization. It's it's love over there. Um, now I still talk to Dave Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm over here with Chase, so. Um, and I, it was a good time with the organization. I, I learned from some great players and got to be around a championship team, although I didn't finish out the year with them. Um, still got to learn a lot with those guys. Uh, you obviously have a, a good relationship with Chase. And I remember when you first signed and you were sort of discussing how the Sydney stuff came about and you were congratulating him for getting the job and he sort of joked about you coming out here. But at, at what point, what was your other options, I guess, is what I'm getting at here. Like, what was the plan in your mind? Because uh, from what I understand, Australia wasn't necessarily at the front of your mind at the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, for real, I was playing summer league. Well, I was thinking about going to summer league when he first got the job, I think. 
think that was the timing of it. So I didn't really know going in what you know what was gonna come out of it, or if I was gonna go overseas, or if I was gonna do the G League again. I really kind of didn't know, and then the opportunity really presented itself after summer league is just some real, and you know, like the, like you said, I already built a relationship with Chase, and um, seemed like a no brainer for me just to come down here and you know start fresh, and at the same time get an opportunity to to play again at a high level in a good league, so. Just a good decision, I guess. How would you describe uh, Chase? Because uh, I and I've told him this, but uh, I, I love watching him on the sidelines because he is fully <laughs> engaged. Look, sometimes you see a coach and you're like, yeah, they're, they're into it kind of, but the Chase looks at the end of the game like he is completely emotionally drained <laughs> from the experience. For sure. Um, <laughs> that's him right there. Though. He's an emotional dude. Uh, and it just comes off in practice when he's coaching us. He's involved. He's yelling. He's, you know, the coaches and the assistants are in the drills. You know, trying they going hard themselves. They come out of practice. They sweating. So you know, he's he he kind of just presents himself as one of the guys that like, you can come talk to him um, if you have a problem. He's yeah, at the same time he's in the mix. So. You know, he's the whole time he's he's just present. I guess is how I put it. He communicates well, uh, comes with a lot of energy, and he knows what he's talking about. So, yeah, real good coach and a former college player himself. So when I read that you said that he was in the drills, I'm curious: is he trying to guard you, and can he guard you? Hell no, nah, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chase can't guard me, but he. Uh, <laughs> He, he, they play more offense than defense. I'll put it that yeah. way. Okay. They play way more offense than defense. So they go hard, but they trying to score. So, you know, we got Kev too. Kevin kicks. Mm-hmm. And they was playing last year, two years ago. They were playing in the league. So, you know, we probably have a harder time with them than we do with other teams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sydney, how, how, is, how is Sydney treating uh, you and I, I tell you what, it's been pretty wet in Sydney since you moved there. But uh, outside of that, uh, how are you enjoying the the Australian lifestyle? I can't complain. Uh, I, I love the, the energy here. The like you said, everybody keeps saying I came during the worst Sydney summer ever. Though <laughs> just with the way it's been raining, man, it's been cold a couple of days, and, but I still been enjoying it. Just getting outside, you know, getting to the beach. On those off days, and other than that, I'm pretty straightforward. I just be in the gym and watching other NBL games. And right now, I'm watching the playoffs, so just enjoying Sydney and um, trying to trying to finish strong this last month of the season. Yeah, no disrespect to the fine city of Oshkosh, by the way, but Sydney a little, <laughs> <laughs> a little, a little bit more interesting than than, than Oshkosh. Let's say that. I'm sure there's not too many locals listening, so we'll be fine. Uh, yeah, no, nah, I don't think they'll take offense to that one either. <laughs> uh, I, I was trying to get a scoop from Chase on you and he wouldn't give me anything. But the one thing that he did say is that you'll be doing this podcast and at the same time you'll be playing Madden and you'll be watching the NBA playoffs <laughs> on, a, on another screen. So I, I guess that's the question I've got for you is, uh, is Madden the number one game in the rotation right now? Right now? Yeah, I would say so. I was playing a lot of Call of Duty when I first got here and then my little brother just got me on the mad lately and then everybody else been playing online so i've been real mad 
Call of Duty, GTA. That's my three right now. That's my rotation right now. If we go back to this team, and and you said it right off the top, you said that you know the addition of a, a player the caliber of Ian Clark, and everyone looks at that and says, well, it's a no-brainer signing. If you can do that, of course you're going to do that. Uh, but when you already have as many weapons as you guys do, you have to have a bunch of unselfish guys to make this all work. And you guys have clicked pretty much from the first game that he was there and everyone's got healthy. Uh, it, it seems like this group is extremely unselfish, which uh, again is a pretty important trait. Uh, definitely. We got to be though. Like you said, it's, um, we just got a lot of talent on the team and, you know, if we let egos get in the way, then there's no way we're going to be able to reach out for potential. So I think everybody just understands that and understands that we just want to win. Uh, all my And from 1 through 15, when you look down the line, everybody just wants to win games. And I think that's what makes it easy is we don't really care who does it. So as long as we win it, we know that team success, we'll, we'll get our individual success and a championship at the same time. In some ways, this game against Illawarra, and by the way, before I get to it, did you, I mean, to me, that was the best game I've seen all season by far in terms of just going at it, two teams, incredible shot making. The defense wasn't bad, but you guys just kept on making shots uh, yourselves and the Hawks. Did that feel to you like the the highest quality game you've played? Or did you know walking off the floor that you played in a classic? Because uh, it was it was awesome to watch. Was that the Illawarra game? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I said on another podcast that I thought that Illawarra was the toughest team for us to beat, mm-hmm. um, just matchup wise and how good they can, how well they can score and how they play. Uh, it's almost kind of similar to us a little bit. So, yeah, I kind of knew going in that it was going to be a dog fight. Uh, we all did. And I think they did too. And I think that's just the kind of atmosphere the gym was packed. And that kind of atmosphere just kind of creates those games. And those are the ones you live for. And, you know, shouts out for DJ. Shouts out to DJ for getting hot and, <laughs> and carrying us through the majority of that game. So, you know, we got it one more time and we're excited for that one too. Yeah. And I thought your game, particularly in the first half, more facilitating. And they were, they were trying to trap you every time in the pick and roll. And I think that's something that you've shown that for people that aren't aware previously as well, but this season that you can score and you can be a closer, but you can also facilitate. So when you're seeing those types of coverages, uh, I, I imagine with the guys you have around you, the trust is there in DJ, the trust is there in Ian, all these guys that you're happy to, to take that role, as you said, a backseat, I guess, and facilitate. Yeah, definitely. I think that's my job as a point guard is, you know, to get everybody involved, not just myself, but, I bring the ball up the court the majority of the time. I got the ball in my hands the majority of the time. So, you know, I could come down and shoot it every single time. But, you know, what's, where they're going to leave my teammates and just what's they going to do to the game flow? And, you know, so I kind of just want to make sure that everybody gets their touches and everybody's in rhythm and, and we're playing together. Because when we play playing together, I think that's when we're the toughest to beat. Do you care about MVP? I don't necessarily like. I it was. I'll say this. It was a goal of mine coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I, you know, I haven't talked about coming into the season. Um, but I say more as the season went along. It was just I wanted. To, I just want to win. You know, that's that's 
that's what does it for me is just coming in and winning games and you know playing at a high level as a team so we can get that team success and you know we've done things um we've done very special things this season and I think we can accomplish more and it's because of the wins though everybody's talking about it's because we're winning if I was playing well and we were losing and it wouldn't mean anything so to me it's, it's about the dubs uh, you got a bunch of guys on your roster that uh, I think most people could very, very easily see moving to the NBA in, in the future and after this season. But one guy that I'm particularly interested in is, is Xavier Cooks because at the start of the season, I sort of described him as the forgotten star of Australian basketball because he just hadn't played. Uh, but he mm-hmm. was dominant overseas. Uh, and now we're seeing this year when he's healthy, what he can do. Uh, and as a two-way player, uh, one of one of the best, maybe the best in, in the league. He, it feels like he's been the sort of connector for everything you guys are doing on both sides of the floor. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think he's been there from the beginning of the season too, just consistent on both ends, always going to play hard, uh, great rebounder, great, uh, great nose for the ball, uh, can play off the ball, can almost plays point guard for us sometimes. Uh, so I, I, he's definitely special, super talented, and still got room to grow. You know, he's knocking down the three ball in the in, the, in our last couple games. I would say more so the second half of the season. Uh, so yeah, he's the engine for us. I would say uh, on both ends, makes up for a lot of mistakes for us, and we're gonna need that going into the playoffs. You mentioned the Hawks as potentially the best matchup, or the or the you know, a, a real challenger for you guys. And obviously you've played some close games. What about individual players? Is there a matchup that you've enjoyed, uh, a matchup that that you look forward to? I, I mean, particularly your position, there's stars across all these teams that are going to be in the playoffs. But is there one matchup or one team that you particularly like as a competitor going up against those guys? Um, I, I like Melbourne. Yeah. Like I like Melbourne. I like the guards that Melbourne has just as a challenge defensively. Um, first time we played them, I think I saw like three different matchups in the in the <laughs> game. Uh, so yeah, I, I look forward to playing them. Just the defensive problems they kind of pose, just with a seven footer and Big Joe in the middle, and then guards work hard getting over screens. So I only got to play them once too. So I would say that's the. The team as a whole right now, individually, just those guards and, you know, kind of almost challenge them on the other end as well. So I look forward to that matchup if we do get a chance to see them again. Uh, what's up with the cramps, uh, Jalen? Because, you know, because <laughs> I'm sitting at home, uh, get to overtime. I'm like, all right, let's go. This is Jalen Adams time. And then, you, then, then you're cramping up. And everyone that's had a cramp before knows that once you start cramping, that you can't do much about it. It is a debilitating uh, thing that 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 hits your body. Was it what? What is it? You're not drinking enough water. What's the deal? Yeah, I don't think I'm drinking enough water, man. I, just, <laughs> I went, I went and bought two cases after the Illawarra <laughs> game, and just been going at the waters in the house. So hopefully we can stay away from that, uh, so I can stay away from that pickle juice and to stay in the fourth quarter of games. Uh, I've only got a couple more. Uh, one. And, and this, again, comes from a conversation I've had with some of your teammates with Chase. And they talk about your personality. And um, from afar, you look like a guy that's relaxed. And, and I'm always someone that people have said, you don't look like you're in, into it enough. You're too casual. And you play the game 
in a very casual style. Now, I, I obviously you're out there and you competed and you're playing your best, but your, your personality is, is fun to watch. How would you describe yourself? And have you along the way had people tell you that you're too casual or you're, you're not locked in those types of things? Because it's, it's, a, it's a look that you have that is uh, it's enjoyable for me, but I know some people can see it different ways. Yeah, I've, seen, I've heard it time and time again over the course <laughs> of my career. Like, to be honest with you, I don't know how to, like, I don't know what it is specifically that has to yes. be fixed in order to change that look, you know? It's exactly. <laughs> kind of how I am, just, you know, I'm I'm never really tripping, and that's just kind of the person I am for real. I'm, I don't trip off too much. I'm pretty straightforward. <laughs> like, I always look at the situation for what it is and try not to, get too emotional about it and maybe that's why I look like that on the court it's just no matter what the situation is I'm gonna come down and I'm gonna look at the defense and I'm gonna try and make the right play and the right read no matter what how much time left in the game or or whatever so you know I, I led a game of basketball and I don't think that's ever been a question um so but I've definitely heard it before and what's crazy is nobody else can ever like come up to me and be like oh this is what it is like this is you need to fix this they just like you look casual and I'm like I, I'm sorry I'm gonna, maybe I could fix my face <laughs> I'm telling I'm telling you I <laughs> people have said it to me and I don't know what to I don't know what to say either I'm like I don't know what it looks like I, I'm doing my best I, I can't uh, there, there's nothing else I can say to you so I totally get yeah, that maybe uh, it's just the way I run or something just I don't uh, know not sure but I um I relate and uh not in a let's just not confuse anyone I am not a professional athlete to be clear but I, uh, <laughs> but I understand uh what you're getting at uh you said you're watching the NBA playoffs uh, as we wrap this up uh who you got who's rolling through um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say milwaukee again coming out the east i haven't seen brooklyn with ben right. that's gonna be fun to watch whenever he does come back but until then though i'm gonna say milwaukee milwaukee go to state in the in the finals all right that would be fun i would be, i would uh i would be very happy to watch that one jalen uh this has been great. I appreciate it, man. Like I said, I've seen you play for for a number of years. It's always been enjoyable, and it's uh, it's good to catch up. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me.